Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Maura Z, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, April 17th, 2019, and we are reading from the big book. We are on page 20 in the chapter, There is a Solution, <coughs> Excuse me, and we will be reading from the third paragraph, which begins how many times people have said to us through two paragraphs, ending with whose reactions are very different from ours. Today's readers are 12 Steps, Lois G, 12 Traditions, Lori E. Readers of the text, Craig F, Monica T, and Hoodie R. And our second hour host is Rebecca, and our newcomer greeter is to be determined this morning. The reference numbers for yesterday, important numbers. Yesterday, 7 a.m. share ID, 12,787. That's 12787. And yesterday's 10 a.m. share ID, 12,788. 12788. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And Lois G., would you please read the 12 steps of OA? Yes, good morning. This is Lois G., recovered compulsive overeater from Michigan. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation, excuse me, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. 
Thank you for letting me do service. Thank you, Lois G. And Lori E., would you please read the 12 traditions of OA? Yes, I will. This is Lori E., Recovered Compulsive Eater um, from Iowa. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public medium of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles over personalities. Thank you for letting me serve. I pass. Thank you, Lori E., for your service. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Please do time yourself, and I will be timing as well. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, and then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, Everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book. We are in the chapter, There is a Solution, and we are on page 20. We will be reading from the third paragraph that starts how many times people have said to us, reading through two paragraphs, ending with whose reactions are very different from ours. And I will now ask our friend Craig F. to read that for us and share on it. Good morning, Craig. Good morning, Mara. This is Craig F., recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Thank you. Okay. Um, How many times have people said to us, I can take it or leave it alone. Why can't he? Why don't you drink like a gentleman or quit? 
That fellow can't handle his liquor. Why don't you try beer and wine? Lay off the hard stuff. His willpower must be weak. He could stop if he wanted to. She's such a sweet girl, I should think he'd stop for her sake. The doctor told him that if he ever drank again, it would kill him. But there he is, all lit up again. Now, these are commonplace observations on drinking, on drinkers, which we all hear all the time. Back of them is a world of ignorance and misunderstanding. We see that these expressions refer to people whose reactions are very different from ours. Okay, um, we're, of course, we're in there is a solution, and which means that we're still in step one and we're defining our powerlessness and, and our unmanageability. The, uh, uh, these expressions refer to people that are whose reactions are different. In other words, if you tell a normal person that they need to lose some weight or, or stop eating uh, for their health, uh, they can probably do that. Uh, if you tell a normal person that uh, uh, if a, a spouse tells them that they're going to leave them or that they're unhappy, uh, they, they can uh, usually lay off. They can, they can lose some weight, they can uh, uh, moderate, because they're dealing with a whole different world. Back in the, the doctor's opinion, um, it, it, um, on page XXVIII, we were told that frothy emotional appeal seldom suffices. The message which can interest and hold the compulsive overeater must have depth and weight. In nearly all uh, cases, their ideals must be grounded in a power greater than themselves if they're to recreate their lives. And, and I, I would put this, uh, the, these appeals as frothy emotional appeal, you know? And, and I, the, the difference between a normal person and a compulsive eater, too, uh, is a lot of times frothy emotional appeal does the opposite of what it's supposed to do. When the doctor told me, and when I first stepped on a stale scale of 400 pounds, and the doctor told me that I was going to die if I, in five years if I didn't do something. Uh, that uh, she used the term "you're going to drown in your own juices." It just grossed me out. But anyway, um, I, you know, I gritted my teeth and said, "I'm going to do it now." You know, that's the inspiration I need. I'm going to diet. I'm going to lose this weight. And and I, I drove down the road and passed one fast food place. It was lunchtime, passed a second one, pulled into a third one and ordered a couple of hamburgers and said, I'll start in the morning, you know. And, and what was happening there was I was afraid. When she told me that, it created fear. And what do I do with fear? You know, I had no other way to handle the fear than to stuff it down. And, and so the frothy emotional appeal actually uh, worked backwards for me. It, it you know, it made me want to eat when... Uh, if somebody says something like, uh, you know, uh, your wife's going to leave you or your spouse is going to leave you, you know, uh, there's fear, there's emotion. And what, do, what did I do with fear and emotion? So all of these, uh, all of this frothy emotional appeal backfired on me because it wasn't grounded in a power greater than myself. It wasn't grounded. Uh, 
in a spiritual ideal. And uh, so, therefore, gentle reminder, doomed to failure. So, uh, anyway, with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Craig F. Okay, so some good stuff to share on this morning. If you'd like to share, please give me your name and the first initial of your last name, and I will repeat it back. No need to say it twice. Star one, two, share, please. Vinny T. Lainey T. Vinny T. Vinny T. Raquel, I got you. Beth W. Beth W. Somebody H. Nancy. Pete B, I got you. Somebody H. Liz H. Is it Liz H? No, Nancy. Nancy H. Did I hear a Liz? Liz. Liz, your last initial? S, as in Sam. Okay, that's my first lineup. That's our first lineup. It's not mine. Okay, this is who I have. Vinny T. Raquel E. Beth W. Pete B. Liz S. And Nancy H. Vinny T., please get us started. Uh, thank you. This is Vinny T. in North Carolina. Am I being heard? Clearly. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> um, well, this paragraph gets to me um, right where it hurts. How many of us have been introduced to people or, or you know, or, or, you know um, are heard, you know, uh, other people are saying to us, you are, you have such a pretty face, you know, why can't you? And I realized, you know, that society judges people from their outsides. Um, and in this program, we've learned to pause and to meet people, you know, and, and look at their actions or, you know, and, uh, you know, and, and don't form an opinion about people until we know you know, who they are, not what they look like. And, you know, to live in the spirit and meet people whose actions are, you know, have grounded in the best uh, possible um, way of living, uh, it, it's it's really uh, turned my my whole being around, you know, I mean, I mean, I, I'm enjoying my life and I'm enjoying the people that are in my life. And, uh, I, I don't even have words. It's, it's just, just so wonderful. And, and this program has, has brought that to me. Thank you. I pass. Caught me off guard there. Okay, Raquel E., it's your turn, followed by Beth W. Good morning, Raquel. Good afternoon. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, Thank you for your service. I just muted myself instead of unmuting. We hear you fine. Okay, thank you so much. Oh, there's no limit to my gratitude to this program and, and to every word that is written in the paragraphs, the way they are set one after the other. So these days, I I wrote down for myself to not forget to say that, that I'm floored by the viciousness of the disease, by the ignorance of the public, 
and by the grace of God. It's just unbelievable. Not a day passes nowadays. People are preparing for Passover here and buying food like there's no tomorrow. That uh, there's not a day passing that I don't get a chance to talk with someone, whether it be a cab driver or somebody on the bus, and everybody is in this problem. So two weeks ago, I have some uh, health issues now, and and the medicine they give me makes me a little bit um, um, like, um, um, how should I say, not completely there, woozy. But God sent me such a job, this wonderful child, child, She's a beautiful flower, 22 years old, who couldn't not buy candy at the grocery store to tide her through to the ice cream place. Beautiful girl who had the operation twice, that bariatric operation. And they warned her that by now, if she gains the, if she eats over it, uh, it's a life or death if she has to be run into her intestines and stomach again, and yet she couldn't stop, and she's one of us, she's in program, in one of the 12-step programs, and it came to me that maybe I should leave all these Passover preparations and go with her to this health food place that serves only raw food, and there'll be some limits, there'll be a a framework and three times a day dining room, and the poor thing couldn't even survive the amount of lettuce that was put on the buffet on top of what is in the plate. Nice, beautiful design plate. Well, anyhow, she stayed with me for about a week. It helped me, I think, more than it helped her. I had a teenager on my hands. and and But it's just amazing what it did, the three days of just not being in the sugar and the flour, how she blossomed. And her mother came. I didn't know that I'll be able to even change my kitchen for Passover. Her mother, out of gratitude, helped me. Unbelievable. But the road is so long still, so long winding. All this ignorance, please, I did not bring my to the other room my timer. Please stop me because I could go on and on. Oh, it's incredible. All these questions, this is what people ask. But the fact that doctors and dietitians don't understand that when they are through helping me lose again the 38 kilo, which is about 70 pounds or more, they cannot teach me to eat my drug moderately. A heroin addict doesn't shoot up just a little bit, and they don't understand that. And so before they do this operation... Special reminder? Yeah, they have to check whether this person is one of us, and then, you know, send them to us to see if there's another way. Thank you so much for being there for me. I love you all. Have a wonderful, wonderful recovery, everybody. Thank you. I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Raquel E. And Beth W., it's your turn, followed by Pete B. Hi, good morning. This is Beth W. from North Dakota, recovered compulsive overeater. I'm grateful today to uh, live just one day at a time. Um, I um, had lots of people who said all of these things to me for my whole life. Um, My earliest memories go way back to one of my brothers saying, haven't you had enough chocolates? (laughs) And um, me reacting, um, just um, overreacting. But most recently a doctor saying to me, at my highest weight, you know, let's start with baby steps. Maybe just 
if you would cook one meal at home a week and and not eat out every day, and then um, maybe maybe if you just start with this 30 minutes of exercise once a week, and I'll have my nurse my my health coach call you every two weeks and check in, make sure you're drinking water and getting those those baby steps going. And I finally told his nurse after she called me several times, I would be dodging her phone calls. And finally, I just told her, don't call me anymore because I can't lie to you anymore. Um, as I was as I was heading toward my hitting bottom. Um, I just couldn't lie anymore. I mean, I was so tired of lying to everybody and every, every, everybody around me who said all of these things to me because um, they didn't understand. They didn't understand who I was and what I was about. And, and now that same doctor um, is in full support of what I'm doing and who I am and, and how I recover. Um, and I'm grateful to him for at least planting a seed that I had to change my life or I was, I was headed to wreck and ruin, which I was absolutely on that path. But um, the, the paragraph that we read yesterday is, that, you know, we're going to summarize some points and we have to have a detailed discussion. And I needed that, but I needed a recovered person to guide me. I needed someone who had walked this path ahead of me because the average person in the world doesn't get me. They don't know what I'm going through. They didn't know how I lived and they didn't know the secrets I kept. Um, and, and only a recovered person, someone who's been through this with me, ahead of me, um, can help me. And, and I hope that I can do that for somebody else too, um, just one day at a time and I'll pass. Thanks. Sorry, you caught me off guard. Thank you, Beth W. Pete B., it's your turn, followed by Liz S. Thanks, Maura. Can you hear me okay? Clearly. Thank you. Uh, Pete B., compulsive overeater, recovered today by God's grace and mercy. I'm in Pennsylvania. Maura, thanks for taking the meeting. Thanks for your lead. Um, I, I, what I appreciate about this paragraph is that I had to actually take it a little couple steps further for me, right? Like, you know... The, the I'm the kind of person like I, I was I was uncomfortable with the way that I was using food, using it in a manner that I don't think the creator intended it to be used. And I'd go to fat people and ask them, what do I think they should do? I should do. Right. And I, and they would say, well, you're not so bad. You know, right? I got I'm six foot three and 50 pounds overweight. You spread that over six foot six feet. It, it, you don't look that it's not, you know, compared to the, the regular individuals. It doesn't present as a, 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 a life-threatening condition, right? And what people didn't understand is, and what could, they could never see, is the way my body and my mind reacted to the overeating, reacted to consuming the substances that I was allergic to. And they could never, ever understand the incomprehensible demoralization that came as a result of using those substances time and time again and the 40-pound weight gain and 30-pound weight loss. And, you know, uh, we'll read eventually here where it's going to say that I had to fully concede to my innermost self that I was an alcoholic or compulsive overeater. And the delusion that I am like other people has got to be smashed, right? I had to stop using the other people around me as a reference, 
as, as somebody, I, I'll go talk to somebody. They only had two bypass surgeries. Let me go talk to them about my elevated cholesterol. No, no. I needed to forget. I needed to, I, I needed to smash the delusion that I am like other people. I have this disease. I am the only person that suffers the incomprehensible demoralization and I had to come to the conclusion that of my, uh, myself, I am nothing. That I, have, that I cannot work my way out of this. I cannot think my way out of this. I cannot hope my way out of this. My only hope was entire abstinence from those substances and a spiritual awakening as a result of working these steps and incorporating them into my life, into my existence, and being a demonstration of God's love, God's will, and God's way of life in everything that I do. And I'm so grateful that I don't need anyone else's approval. I don't need anybody else to co-sign it. I don't need anybody else to take care of me. You know, I walk a free man today. I go where I want, when I want, with who I want, as a result of implementing this 12-step recovery program into my, into, my, into my life. And with that, I'm truly grateful, and I'll pass. Thank you, Pete B. Liz S., it's your turn, followed by Nancy H. Hi, it's Liz S. Uh, recovered from New Hampshire and uh, very grateful to be on the, the meeting today. You know, I, I read this paragraph and I, I remember uh, a boss I had years ago who said, you know, Liz, your, uh, your face is very transparent. And I thought to myself, um, one reason uh, this paragraph is important to me is that nobody ever said a word about my weight. Because they knew that they they would have the wrath of my anger and my all of my defects rain down upon them, because I wore my anger on my face all the time, and that was how I felt: angry at the world, angry at myself, just angry. So no one said a thing. And it wasn't until I finished my first year in college, I went to college late, and I got a 4.0. I reached my full potential, and I didn't care. I didn't care because I couldn't stop eating. And that's when it dawned on me. You know, my denial was really smashed. I didn't care about the 4.0. And I decided I had to do something, and I walked into OA. And I picked up this book. And I realized this was going to save my life. This is what I had to do. And I followed the directions. And I was thinking this morning about the knitting that I do. And if I don't follow the directions, I don't end up with the project that I have started. And if I don't follow the directions in this book, I don't end up with a new life. I don't end up, you know, better. I don't end up healthier. And the thing that breaks my heart is when I see someone who's overweight um, on the streets and I hear someone else make some horrible, dreadful comment about that person. And I, you know, I, I hear the misunderstanding that takes place. And uh, all I can do myself is to try and help anyone I come across or meet and spread the message of understanding. And with this book and following these instructions, as they are laid out, I can reach my full potential. 
that really matters to me. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Liz S. Nancy H., it's your turn. This is Nancy H., compulsive overeater, um, originally from New Jersey, currently traveling. Um, very, very grateful for this program, for the vision for you. Just want to start off by saying that, and thank you to everybody for giving service today. Um, yeah, I really like uh, what's been shared in uh, this portion of the big book because, um, and, and the comparisons, you know, like this also happened to me. I'm actually about 70 to 80 pounds overweight. I just lost 15 pounds. But people would look at me still and say, I'm tall, and I guess I carried it all over. And they'd say, oh, no way, or you're not that overweight. And, you know, for years, I ate it up, and then people stopped saying it, and I didn't hear hear that they were not saying it anymore. I'd say, oh, I'm okay. And then I started to have some physical issues, um, and my knees uh, are, are very bad, and weight contributes a lot to that. Um, so I've been in, going to OA for several years, but I haven't gotten uh, or didn't up until recently um, start practicing entire abstinence and man what a difference and it's just truly acknowledging that these are my alcoholic substances and staying completely away from uh, you know refined flour and sugar and my head my brain is so much clearer and I feel so much better and I just know I have to say thank you God thank you God and keep working the steps and keep practicing the principles because without OA and without the big book and my higher power and all of you, I'll just start picking up the sugar again. And then I start lying, lying to myself, lying to everybody else. And then it's like just off to the races and then I start to feel miserable and uncomfortable and the weight uh, goes on. And I know it'll just keep going up and up because that's what's been happening. Um, but I'm, I'm grateful to be a little bit clearer today, and I just pray that I stay close to the program because this is what works. So, uh, Also, I went to a doctor, and I'm following the doctor's instructions exactly, and it's not bypass. It's just following a food plan and listening to what the doctor says in addition to listening to what all of you tell me to do. So thank you for letting me share. With that, I pass. Thank you, Nancy H. Okay, so where are we? We are in the big book. We are on page 20 in the chapter, There is a Solution. And we're reading from the third paragraph that starts how many times people have said to us through two paragraphs ending with whose reactions are very different from ours. And if you haven't shared in the last day or two and you would like to, please press star one and give me your first name and your last initial. Russ M. Something Marla Try again. Somebody Elizabeth W. C. and somebody G. Melissa C. Melissa C. Marla W. Marla W. Elizabeth D. Elizabeth D. Rachel S. Rachel S. Hang on one second. 
Rachel S. One, two, three, four, five, six. We'll stop there. And I have, I'm sorry, we, I heard an R. Hoodie R. Hoodie R. Okay. This is what I have. Russ M., Marla W., Melissa C., Elizabeth D., Rachel S., and Hoodie R. And if you're not Russ M., would you please star one to mute your phone? Good morning, Russ. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, family. Russ M., recovered compulsive overeater outside of Philly. So when I, I read this paragraph, I think 1987, I'm a freshman in high school. I'm sitting in health class, and we're going over cardiology, cardiac function. And, uh, you know, I'm sitting in the front of the class about 250 pounds and the teacher looks right at me and he says, uh, if you keep it up, boy, you're not going to make it. You you won't be around by the time you're 20. And, uh, you know, I, I wasn't, I was at the point where my self-esteem that it really didn't bother me. It just, it just, uh, when I thought about it, I said, uh, you know, I try, I'm trying, you know, if you don't understand, I can't stop. You know, and you know, over my lifetime, just like everybody else, you know, you know, come on, man, you you know, you'll never get a girl that way, or you'll never be successful if you eat yourself to death, or you know, you're gonna have multiple problems when you get older. You hear it, hear it all the time, and none, none of it worked because I was, I was, I was powerless over it, you know. And um, but I'm glad because no matter what, that teacher planted the seed, and it gave me an awareness at a young age. It might have took 30 years. But I'm grateful he did that. And, you know, I wouldn't be right here on this phone line today if, you know, things like that didn't happen. Because at some point it brought me to a breaking point and, you know, uh, I had to concede I couldn't do it. And then now I got this program and I, I I can live free again. So, and one other thing, I never heard you have such a pretty face. Never. That never, never heard that one. You guys have a great day. I love you. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Did I laugh out loud? Thank you, Russ M. We are not a glum lot. Marla W., it's your turn, followed by Melissa C. Good morning, Marla. Good morning, everyone. My name is Marla W., um, outside of Boston. And I wanted to just first say thank you to all of you. I've been listening to you guys for about two years, and this is the first time I've spoken on the line. Um, I wanted to say um, that it's, um, just listening to this, I remember how many years I used to say to myself, willpower, I could do so many other things. I keep kosher. I could do so many things. And I couldn't do this for 58 years of my life. I was into the food. And I would write in my journal every day, you can do this. Today, you're going to be, be able to do it. Today, you're going to have the willpower. And it was never... I, I could never do it. I never, ever could do it. And it was always a shame and just huge embarrassment. And I remember one time we were at a restaurant and I was asking for dessert in front of a whole group of people. We were there. And my mother said to me, I think you've had enough. And it was that always that shame and humiliation after taking that one bite the next day. And it was only till I got into program um, that I've been able to, for the past 11 years, be able to be in a normal-sized body, not have to change my clothes every 
you know, get 20 million different sizes. And I'm so grateful to have found this program, the solution. And I thank everybody here and thank you very much. Thank you, Marla W. Melissa C., it's your turn, followed by Elizabeth D. Hi, good morning. Thank you so much for your service, Maura. It's Melissa C., recovered compulsive overeater in New York. And yeah, I just really great stuff that I hear this morning. Um, and I think, you know, we're reading this chapter, there's a solution. And, and uh, this part is really telling me what isn't the solution. You know, like these things are not the solution um, if you have what I have. You know, I, I like everybody, have had millions <laughs> probably of experiences where people appeal to me, you know, emotionally. These are words. These are sometimes well-meaning and sometimes quite cruel words. But they never worked, you know. And I think like my parents, yeah, You've got a beautiful face. You're such a smart girl. You can do anything. You know, um, I had, um, you know, in the grips of my disease in high school, I gained 100 pounds. And, you know, overhearing two boys talk about me, um, like that didn't, you know what, you know what I did? I came home and ate because I felt humiliated. Um, You know, I gained a lot of weight in my early marriage. And, my husband one day spread out pictures of me um, when what I looked like when we met, you know, what I looked like when we went away on vacation, um, and I didn't look that way anymore. And um, and it was so painful, you know. He he said, "Oh God, you look you looked beautiful there. You know, wouldn't it be great?" And you know what I did when he left? I ate, you know, because it didn't work. And you know, like the worst of all, my, my mother-in-law sat me down one day. My, my my children were babies, and she began to plead to me how um, she lost her mother as a little girl, and um, then she was widowed. You know, my husband lost his father as a little boy. And my mother-in-law, this stoic woman, is crying and saying, you know, being a motherless child is the worst thing in the world and you're going to do it to my grandchildren. And, you know, when I think about it today, like my eyes well up with tears. But that day, I, I, I couldn't wait for her to leave. I was so uncomfortable. I, you know, the normal person would use these experiences as um, opportunities to put the food down. But for someone like me, the only thing I could do with that level of discomfort is eat. And so we're finding out these things don't work. Why in this chapter? Because we're going to be told what the solution is. And unless these things have happened to you and they haven't been effective, there's no reason to to go for the solution we have. Thank God. I don't have to hear those words today, you know. Um, And with that, I pass. Thank you, Melissa C. Elizabeth D., it's your turn, followed by Rachel S. Good morning, my name is Elizabeth D, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in the Boston area. Um, I am I'm so grateful for these words. They remind me of, of where I was um, uh, at the time of my last uh, relapse. And um, there's another relapse waiting for me out there anytime I want to 
Um, I want want it if I decide that I'm not a compulsible reader, but um, today I, I I choose to to live in 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 steps one, two, and three. And um, what really stuck out for me or came out for me is what I've heard before, and it's um, uh, she's such a sweet girl. I think she you I think she'd stop for her sake. She's such a sweet girl. I think he'd stop for her sake. So this idea that I would stop eating compulsively for the sake of the people that I loved, yeah. how many times did I have to find out that there was nothing that was going to keep me from eating compulsively without, left to my own devices? I am a, a cancer survivor, and my oncologist told me, eat the right food, you know, you, you've survived this, eat the right food, um, you know, healthy food, keep your, ma- your weight um, stable and exercise. Um, and within a year of, or two of her saying that, I was face first into the food and could not stop eating and had put on 65 pounds in about three months. And the fact that my daughter is, I'm raising her on my own, and that I would have left her an orphan for a second time had no bearing on whether I would pick up again. I picked up again because I have this mental disease. And the only thing that has ever worked for me to arrest this disease one day at a time is living an entire and being entirely abstinent and seeking a higher power every single day using these steps. And I am so grateful that today I don't have to say yes to that bottom that's out there waiting for me. I can live in peace and, and gratitude and serenity. Um, and it's, life is not perfect every day, but it's not meant to be. Uh, what it's meant to be is me tethered to a higher power and doing God's will to the best that I can understand that. And the best way for me to understand that is to keep my alcoholic foods down and to work these steps. And my daughter and I have a happy, joyous, and free life together. And I'm so grateful. Thank you, and I'll pass. Thank you, Elizabeth D. And Rachel S., it is your turn, followed by Hoodie R. Good morning, everyone. Thank you so much uh, for leaving. I'm so great to, to be here. Rachel, I'm sorry, dear. Hang on one second. If, if someone is unmuted, please make sure you're you're muted with the star one. It's Rachel S.'s turn. Thank you. Go ahead, Rachel. Thank you, and I hope I can be heard uh, clearly. Um, I usually do a lot of uh, listening for the last few months. Um, so usually not so early. I'm grateful to be up and, and to be able to participate. Um, so I don't remember exactly what the sentence was about the, the, the delusion. So, uh, yeah, a lot of times this thought comes up, why, why can't I be like other people? And that's just the mental twists coming into my uh, mind. So I have to remember... Um, that I have to remember this, that, I can, that I'm not like other people and I cannot eat like other people. And I especially have to remember this now before uh, 
my religious upcoming holidays when I will be um going be be allowed around family and that that's um so I have to especially remember that um and I, yeah and and uh, not to be so even if I get tempted to uh to just recoil like from a hot flame. But I have to remember also that when I uh, have high blood pressure and I went I, I go yearly to the cardiologist and when I went last time, um, he was very uh, angry with me and and giving me a whole uh, whatever that uh, yeah that I need to lose weight and and and. Uh, Whatever, 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 that it's not healthy for my heart to actuate. But um, of course, I couldn't do anything. About it. I mean, I, I, I tried. I said I'm trying my best. I'm, I'm eating healthy throughout the day, uh, but I, I just couldn't give up my my binge foods. And even though I, I, I did also have, uh, I did also eat healthy foods, but I was just eating more than 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 my body uh, needed, basically. Every uh, every so often, whenever I was hungry, I ate. So I'm really grateful to be in these rooms. I'm grateful to God that 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 He brought me in here and that the miracle happened. As I think back, I don't know exactly how the miracle happened. It just because I, I I was so scared to come in here and to to just eating three times a day. I'm not gonna. I thought I'm gonna die. I'm not gonna survive it. But one day at a time, I see I I survived it with all the. Uh, with all the support of the fellowship. So thank you so much. I will pass the mute. I think you can hear me now. Thank you, Rachel. Hoodie R, it's your turn. Thank you so much, Mark, for leading. This is Hoodie R, and I'm so grateful to be on the line, and um, you heard me there. But, um, you know, this paragraph, it really helps me to to come to the conclusion of what is the alcoholic. And for so long, um, and, and it helps me to identify in. And, like, yes, I had all these questions asked. Um, um, I had all these questions asked of me. I, I, but the truth is people didn't even, um, and I was told that, you know, your face is so beautiful. Um your face is beautiful. Just you know, it's a it's a it's a pain that the rest of the body is. You know, you'd be you look so beautiful if you just lose weight. Um, but you know, all these questions, I get to identify in what is the alcoholic, why, what this disease is, and this is the cunning and baffling nature that other people don't understand what. What about um, you know that this is an illness, and um, and they and they and they don't have to understand. I have to understand. I have to accept to my innermost self that I am a compulsive overeater. I can't once I once I cannot stop. Once I pick up, and I can't stay stopped for the. Um, and it's because of the allergy of the body and the obsession of the mind. And, um, you know, back of them is a world of ignorance and misunderstanding. We see that these expressions refer to people whose reactions are very different from ours. And you know what? I don't have to be there anymore today thanks to this program of recovery and to over, and Overeaters Anonymous and the big book. I am, I am, um, I am able to accept where I'm at and um, use 
and use the tools that will help me to develop and to change and to grow and accept. You know, awareness, acceptance. I'm so grateful for the awareness today that um, I am an alcohol, I am a compulsive overeater. I have an allergy of the body and obsession of mind. I'm able to take the, the steps and take the actions that are necessary as a result to be free, to be free and to learn a new skill set of how to live life and be happy. And um, you know, other people. They could, till, till the day I die, they don't have to understand. Only I have to understand about that I have this disease and what measures to take. And um, it's between me and my higher power. And I'm just so grateful to all of you on the line that continuously carry this message so that um, we could continue to, to bring out to the world that there is hope, there is a way out, and, and you don't have to live that way anymore. And so, um, yeah, these questions, um, I'm just, this is, this is where I was able to see that I am not unique and there's, there's, there's hope and there's something that I could do to, um, to change. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Hoodie R. Okay, it looks like we have about five or six minutes. So who would like to share? Monica T. Monica T. Electra S. Mary G. Somebody S. I heard somebody Electra, S. Electra Electra. Mary Electra G. S. And Mary G, we'll see if we can get you in there. Okay. Okay, Monica T, take it away. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica T, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Florida. So how many times we've heard people say all these things and I was sitting here listening and going, yeah, I could just see all the, the resentment list here growing by leaps and bounds, resentments and fears. And of course, what did I do? I ate because that's the only way I knew how to deal with any of this stuff. And um, we've all heard things and also, you know, how many things that I tell myself now. These are commonplace observations on drinkers, which we hear all the time. Who are saying these things to us? Non-drinkers, non-compulsive readers, normies. Back of them is a world of ignorance. And I looked up ignorance, a lack of knowledge and misunderstanding. We see that these expressions refer to people whose reactions are very different from ours. So the big book is trying to explain to me here, you know, normies don't understand. They have a lack of knowledge of what I am suffering because they don't have it. It's a non-issue for them. They don't understand me. I don't understand them. So I have to, uh, you know, be able to come to a point where I can look at them with love and tolerance. And they don't understand because they don't have it. And they never will. So for them, it's easy. I just put it down. I just have one bite or two. I'm satisfied. You know, and I'm sitting there thinking, how can you think that way? What is wrong with you? Um, so they will never be able to understand and and because they don't have it. So my best thing is, I don't try to get people to understand my problem because they can't and they never will be able to understand it. And like it's been so uh, eloquently said this morning, it, what's important is that I have to understand 
that I have a problem. And thank you, God, there's a solution. And with that, I will pass. Thank you, Monica T. Electra S., it's your turn, followed by Mary G. Good morning, Electra S., Recover Compulsive Reader, Bulimic from Santa Cruz, California. And um, wow, so inspired by all the shares. This is my first time sharing on these lines, so I may be a bit nervous. Um, This one paragraph uh, for me just sums up utter powerlessness over trying to control this disease for literally my entire life. And I was so gifted with being just such a strong child and adult and so successful with my career and this incredibly strong willpower um, to accomplish so many things. And so just like willpower with disease, I tried everything to stop the cravings and the urgings to binge and to purge and to get better jobs, to please more people, to be the best public speaker and to get the best job and um, was told over and over how strong I was. And for me, and I think like so many others in this program, we are very strong and capable, articulate human beings. Yet for me with this disease, no keto diet or food restriction or working out, overworking out um, was solving or taking away the craving to binge, the craving to purge and the relief that it brought me. And um, it took me having to lose my career and what I thought was my life a year ago to bring me to my knees, to bring me to powerlessness, like utter powerlessness and being completely willing to surrender to a powder much greater than myself and that I wasn't strong in this disease. I was weak and I needed you, my fellows, to lift me up and to help guide me through this program. And so I'm so very grateful for my sponsor who is, patiently taking me through these steps and all of you fellows for the outreach and for OA and for the grateful um, God who has kept me willing throughout recovery. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Electra. Mary G., it's your turn. You will be our last share and you've got a minute. Hi, this is Mary G., recovered in Rochester, New York. And um, this paragraph When I read it, I just see so many consequences of my compulsive overeating. And I didn't look at those consequences most of the time because I was in delusion and denial. And I was thinking only about what the food could do for me. And the people that were, who loved me, who asked questions like this, couldn't see what it was doing for me because they're not addicts. They were only looking at what it was doing to me, which, again, I had trouble seeing because I was in the grips of my disease. So I'm so grateful, as everyone's been saying, that today I have a spiritual solution for my spiritual malady, and I don't have to pick up food thinking that it's going to do something for me. Today I can see what it does to me. Uh, My eyes have been opened thanks to a loving God and the support of people in the program. So thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Mary G. And Mary G. is our last share to everyone who shared. And please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. Today's share ID, 12,791, 
1-800-273-2791. And we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Monica T., would you please read that for us? I will gladly. Thank you. Page 164. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right. And great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.